It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. It's uh, Monday. Did you hear that weather forecast for your area? Yeah, it's changing up a little bit. So, according to what I was listening to Don Day about, he does a a podcast which I listened to before I get on the air. We got today and tomorrow nice, and then things just get mixed up. The pot gets stirred. So six forty five is a extended forecast. Seven forty five. I'm Don Day on. Live because man's got some explaining to do, and he will. Okay, some of the things that I have to talk about today are true trigger warnings, so let's get this out of the way. Warning this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So first off, no, uh, Israel hasn't invaded the uh, West Bank, yeah, that hadn't happened. Still waiting on it, and the weekend was filled with all sorts of pundits just filling the airtime and trying to be outrageous as they possibly can. They already have World War Three underway, and on and on it goes. Answer is nobody knows what's going to happen until after it happens. There's no predicting anything. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Okay. So until something actually happens, we're just at a stalemate right now. Well, I wouldn't even say a stalemate. Just nothing's happening yet. We're just going to have to wait and see. Okay, nobody knows. I have several people that I personally know who have told me what they know is going to happen in the Middle East. And nobody knows what's going to happen. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. And that's what we're doing. Speaking of the Speaker of the House, we still don't have one yet. Notice, since we don't have a Speaker of the House, government cannot really get a whole lot done. Because you have to have a House of Representatives that can actually vote which they can't do without a speaker. So Congress is just sitting there doing nothing. Now, that doesn't mean your government shut down. There's still the bureaucracy. There's all sorts of things still going on. But we're at a sticking point now. We're just sitting here. They can have meetings all day long and decide things, but nothing has been voted on. Now, since your government has not been able to vote on anything, what bad has happened? Anything? Exactly. No, nothing really is happening right now. We're just sort of sitting here waiting. And if we did have that dreaded government shutdown, still not a whole lot is going to happen bad. I mean, not much really, if anything, really. So let the government shut down. I'm not with those people who tries to panic you over a government shutdown. So we're still waiting on that, waiting on the Middle East, waiting on your Congress. And so far, nothing bad has happened while you're waiting, despite the fact that you're told you need to be ready for all sorts of bad things to happen. Not a whole lot has. All right. So. In unusual news, geez, I hate to do this to you first thing in the morning like this. 
And it's been a long time since I've had to play this. But anyway, Liz Cheney. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I'll just get this out of the way now. So she's on a talk show, a CNN talk show, over the course of the weekend. You know, you always have your weekend talking heads and pundits. I used to faithfully watch all of those. I really cared. Every single Sunday, I had several Sunday papers that I would go through. That's when the in-depth articles were out. And I would read those papers while watching all the Sunday talk shows. Because at the time, the Sunday talk shows, for the most part, were really important. Now, however, I haven't seen or heard anything on those shows in a long time. They, They eventually faded away with their level of importance. And I just quit watching them. Not much really happens that's worth discussing. Okay, so this weekend, Sunday, on CNN, they have Liz Cheney on. And Jake Tapper is talking to Donald Trump, he says, likely to be the next Republican president nominee. Now, again, there's an unknown. For, for all those people who are Trump fans, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Nobody knows what's going to happen. When Trump won the nomination the first time, there were all sorts of people who thought, well, that was never going to happen, and yet it did. Well, there's no way he's going to be president. Uh-huh. Well, there's no way of knowing what's going to happen. You have to wait till it happens, and then you know. So for those who say, well, Trump's obviously going to be the Republican nominee, nothing is known. This is a really strange planet you live on. It could happen. Nobody knows. So he's a decent shot of being the next president, says Jake Tapper. It could happen. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? And this is where Liz Cheney gets into a little bit about, uh, you know, why she doesn't want Trump to be president. We need to keep him out of the office and so on and so on. So the final piece that Jake Tapper asks in this whole line of and you can read what Liz Cheney said if you're interested or watch the video if you're interested. I have it on the Wake Up Wyoming site. So, Tapper, so you're not ruling out a run for president. And Liz Cheney says, no, I am not. Okay. Just a thought on my part. I don't know whether she'll run or not, nor does anybody else. That's, again, that's an unknown. There's so many unknowns. You can make all the predictions that you want, but nobody knows what's going to happen. you got to wait. Let's say she did run. Did, does she really think that she'll win? I don't know. Depends. Is she a narcissist or not? I haven't, you know. She might run thinking, oh, no, I got this. I can win. But on the other hand, if she's a more realistic person, she'll understand. There's really in the Republican Party a whole lot of hate for her. So she's not going to get that nomination. The best she can hope to do is peel away enough people so that Trump doesn't get the nomination. That's the best she'll be able to do. There's already plenty of Republicans running. All she can do is add herself in to hope to pull votes away from Trump as much as she possibly can to hope that he doesn't get the nomination. But would she actually be viable? Now, I know there are some out there who would say, why didn't she run as a Democrat? I've said this many times before. As a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, Liz Cheney was one of the most conservative members there. It's very, very difficult to find anyone more conservative than she was. She just has a problem with Trump. 
Everything else about her is as conservative as it gets. She just has a problem with Trump. And that was her downfall. If she had just continued doing what she was doing without attacking Trump, she'd still be our member of the U.S. House. And for those people who've asked, well, what has she ever done for us? What has she ever done for Wyoming? What has she ever done for the Republican Party? I would suggest you go back and take a look at her record because the answer is a whole lot. But then she went after Trump and made everybody in the Republican Party, I, well, not everybody, in most everybody in the Wyoming Republican Party, in, in Wyoming, mad as hell. But for all those people who are big supporters of Trump across the country, they just hate Liz. So for her idea, her idea of, well, I, I'm not ruling out running, if she were to get into the race, that's about the only thing realistically that she could do is pull a few votes away from Trump. But I don't think she has the power to pull enough votes away to make sure he doesn't get the nomination. Simply doesn't have that kind of power. Just too dislike. She is liked among certain elites in D.C., but that's about the best she's going to be able to do. 6.15 is the time. Wake up my... When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Six twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, I'll go back to the Liz Cheney. I was going to go off on something else, but I'm getting so much reaction to what Liz Cheney said. For those who just tuned in, Liz Cheney was on CNN over the weekend talking with Jake Tapper. And he asked, so you're not ruling out running for president? She, I'm not ruling it out, she said. So, okay. She's keeping it out there. Oh, I may, I may not, whatever the case is. So what are the odds for Liz Cheney? I think absolutely none. Only because she's made so so many Republicans mad who are Trump supporters across the nation, not just in Wyoming. Now, DJ and Gillette, you nailed it. Because when Liz was going after Trump, when she was still our representative in the House, DJ says, Liz Cheney could not like President Trump and still be accepted. It was the persecution of him. The J6 uh prosecute protesters and all that ended her career, which is true. DJ, that's exactly what I was saying at the time. Yeah, you're right. It was her tactics. If she didn't like Trump, again, the most conservative member of the House of Representatives at the time, so that that wasn't a problem. If she didn't like Trump for whatever reason, there's ways that she could have gone after him that would not have made everybody mad. But she needed to think strategically about this, maybe to offer alternatives to Trump. There's all sorts of things she could have done, just different ways of doing it. But she didn't think strategically. She took him head on and even insulted Trump supporters, which were the people who voted for her. So there's where she blew it. She liked all strategy. It was just a head-on charge. Let's see. Morning, Chet. Chet and Yoder's talking about bad words like snow and cold. Rhiannon for danger. Towards the end, though, her voting record began to split more left, Liz's. Then it was as if she just stopped carrying it all together because there were few bills that she didn't even bother to be in the House to vote for. Yeah, I think she understood that she was done. She was on to other things. She was out there raising money to start this foundation that she's currently running. Oh, financially, she's fine. And she does some teaching at the University of Virginia and so on. 
uh, let's see, Jim and Casper. She might get some Democrats to vote for her. Uh, well, I, again, I doubt that. I don't think she'll get Democrats to vote for her. Again, she's just been so far conservative. In fact, when Republicans in Wyoming first started to suggest, well, how come she just doesn't join the Democrat Party? Democrats in Wyoming, especially the head of the Democrat Party in Wyoming, just laughed. They don't want her. She's far too conservative for them. So, no, there's not a whole lot of Democrats that would vote for Liz. Honestly, uh, they don't care for her. As a conservative, they, they don't want her around. So, let's see, there's I-80 John. Morning, Glenn. Liz Cheney, swamp-dwelling Washington insider. Is that what we need? Well, uh, currently, John, that's all we have in D.C. Pretty much everybody in Washington, D.C. is just a swamp-dwelling insider. It's very difficult to find someone who's not. So that's pretty much all we have right now. Which I would love to get rid of. I mean, just start fresh all over again. But these establishment types, once they get into office, they're so difficult to get rid of. Something really radical has to happen to get rid of them. Which is, going back to Liz, what happened to her. What she did so angered the people of Wyoming. It was one of those rare cases where a member of Congress was just run out of Congress in in. Somebody else, anybody else, not her. It was that bad. In most cases, members of Congress, well, they've been caught lying, cheating, stealing, bribery, all sorts of things. And yet they just keep getting voted in. And I've often wondered this about the American people. Those of you listening right now, I mean, you're up early in the morning, you're listening to talk radio. You tend to be a more switched on person when it comes to what's happening in politics not just in your own community or the state or the country, but even in the world. You're paying attention. You're switched on to this. But the average American, oh, they catch a little bit of news here and there, and they don't pay attention a whole lot of it. So when it comes time to vote, what exactly are they voting for? They have very little information to go on, which is why Rush Limbaugh called them the low-information voter. So oftentimes I wonder... How do some of these members of Congress keep getting elected over and over again? Yeah, How, how do we get some of the presidents that we do as well? Or governors? Hey, go ahead and pick your city council. Take a look at them. Wherever you might be and wonder, how did they end up? How do we wind up with that? And all? Well, you're a basic low-information voter. And that's not calling somebody stupid. It's just not someone who's really all that interested in paying attention to politics. And since they really don't pay attention to what's going on, and by the way, I have to blame the news service as well, because when it comes to trying to consume news to get good information, there's not really many good sources out there. So what little information people do get usually isn't even good information. And based on that, they're going to go off and vote. And so we wind up with this nonsense over and over again. If that answers your question, John, that's how we wind up with the same garbage over and over and over again. And, yeah, they're all a bunch of swamp dwellers here at this point. Is that really what we need? It's pretty much all that's in Washington, D.C. So if Liz keeps tossing, and she's done it a few times before, if, if Cheney keeps tossing out there, well, I'm not ruling out running for president. I think she would pretty much have an understanding that there's absolutely no way... 
she would win this. Uh, unless, again, her ego tells her otherwise. But I don't know. All right, coming up on some local news. Update on your weather forecast is right after that. Pay attention to it because some changes are underway a little bit later this week. 645, you get an extended forecast from Don Day. That's real important to listen to. Let's wake up Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Good morning, Wade. Wade's listening to Cheyenne. He sent me a good morning. Although he called me sir, I don't understand that. I just... I'm still trying to get over, and I'm not going to be able to get over. The young lady at the hotel when I was checking in who looked at me and went, Glenn Woods, I grew up listening to you. Oh, my God. I'm officially reaching oldhood here. That's how that's happening. All right. Here's some really good news, but it's going to drive members of the left absolutely crazy, but this is good. Chevron is to acquire Hess. Remember Hess? Okay. In $53 billion deal. Chevron Corporation announced Monday its recent agreement to acquire competitor Hess Corporation and all-out stock value 53. We're talking oil here, people. <clears throat> yeah. What? No, you might look at, okay, this company is acquiring that company. and I, yeah, Okay. We, I don't know if they're going to do things like, um, you know, uh, are they going to change the name of Hess? And I, I don't know. But when I take a look at this, I'm thinking, oh, okay, you're talking energy development here. And that's going to drive the left completely nuts because we're supposed to keep all of that in the ground. And that simply is not going to happen. And at some point, when I, I was out this weekend around the Medicine Bow area, looking at all the wind turbines, and I'm not going to get into all of this again because I maybe later this morning got other news about it. But just so you know, when it comes to energy production in Wyoming... Those wind turbines for a good part of this weekend weren't doing anything because during the course of the weekend, I left the uh, Casper area down through Douglas and so on. And on Thursday, there was some pretty good wind. And so some wind turbines were turning. But then after Thursday, things settled down quite a bit. I was a little breezy on Friday, but then things really settled down. During the course of most of this weekend, not all of it, but most of this weekend, throughout most of Wyoming, it was really just dead air out there. Now, when I say dead air, I'm a radio guy. Most people tend to think of it in radio as a scary thing. Don't want dead air. But no, just flags weren't moving. I would drive by someplace ahead day, an American and Wyoming flag, and they were just hanging there. And so when I would drive by a wind farm, there's just nothing turning. In fact, last week, uh, Jim Cunningham, who is in, he owns an electric company up in Casper, said he was in the Medicine Bow area and nothing was turning. Now, some years ago, 
when I first explored that area around Medicine Bow, there was only one row of wind turbines. Now you drive for miles, and it just the turbines go for miles and miles and miles. And yet none of them were turning. So if we were desperate for energy, now as Chet and Yoder pointed out, here comes the cold weather. In fact, you're about to hear Don Day's extended forecast. Here comes n- nothing horrible. You've been through much worse. But temperatures drop and there's a rain and snow mix and eventually some snow in some parts of the Wyoming coming. That's your forecast for the rest of the week. Now, imagine if when, and this is going to happen, we really get to some low temperatures, some really low temperatures. And yet, we don't have any wind. That happened last winter. I remember we had some mornings. Temperatures were in the negative numbers. Really cold out there. And I remember saying to you guys, and it's not those wind turbines that are keeping you warm. Because they're not moving right now. Oh, I.A.D. John, what about the Hess truck and annual Christmas gift? Really? You were giving Hess uh, trucks as an annual Christmas gift? What was the oil company before that, The uh, John, the, the big old oil company from way back when? And I can't believe I'm not remembering their Standard Oil. That was it. People used to give that away as a, to kids for Christmas because you saw Standard Oil trucks all over the place. Morning, David. David's in Texas. Dave's one of the good Daves, not the Dave from San Francisco. That's a different kind of a Dave. But anyway, yeah, I am waiting. I, and you know I'm going to cover this as a story. We're going to get into this winter because the cold weather is starting to come down. We're going to get into this winter. We're going to have some seriously, seriously, serious cold weather. And it's going to be so cold, there's not really going to be any wind out there. That's how cold it gets. And that's not what's going to be keeping you warm. Not those wind turbines. It's going to be old-fashioned coal and natural gas. That'll be keeping the heat on in your house. And I would like to spend some more time getting the word out to the rest of the country when those cold snaps happen, don't think for a minute now that you're keeping nice and toasty warm in your house because of wind and solar power. It's not happening. 642, wake up. One man has emerged to save Wyoming from boring morning radio. That man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Good weekend for you, Frank. Yeah, we were uh, in Cheyenne on Saturday for the um, state high school cross-country meet over at the uh, country club. Okay. Very, very accommodating folks over there. Nice nice place to have a cross-country meet. The weather was perfect. Oh, yeah. It was really, really nice. I know, so, and I and, and we all looked at each other going, is this mid-October? Yes, like, yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, and it, guess yeah. what? And, be, and next yeah. week is mid-October, too. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, uh, this the rest of this week, you got like two days. Yeah. Then it's going to really feel like late October. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the weather. But now, it was so nice. I, the short story is I was exploring a ghost town. I will have a post on it. And you know, great. You went to the ghost town truck stop? Uh, no. Oh, no. But I should do that. Exploring one of Wyoming's ghost towns. Go to the truck stop. I should do that. But no, I was actually, I've got some great pictures and other things on that. It's, it's really incredible. But what's nice is I'm with some people who are outside and we're all walking around outside going, this is incredible out here. 
I mean, it really was perfect okay, okay. weekend. Did you see any ghosts? Uh, well, well, I'll have to take a closer look at the pictures I took. I might have gotten uh, either you did or you didn't. Yeah, okay. it's the middle of the day, Frank. Oh, hard as him. Well, okay. I mean, did they, they didn't introduce themselves. No, but if, if did I you showed, introduce look, yourself to them? Halloween's coming. If I showed up in the middle of the night, which, by the way, this is an area where, boy, you want to talk about being able to see the Milky Way. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those areas. Like like, like really dark? Yes, and go out in the graveyard out there. Well, I now will trip you're over talking. Yeah, that might be the thing that I'll do. Won't find any trick-or-treaters, but... No. All right, Wyoming's first female attorney general takes gold in world senior games. Who is she? Uh, this is uh, Gay Woodhouse is her name, 73 oh, okay. years yeah. old. And she was in a cycling competition that ranged from 50 to 85. And she takes a gold medal. This was in Utah. Good for her. That they did this, yeah. But it's really interesting to take a look at. So she's got a whole string of medals here. Mm -hmm. And when you look at 75 years old. Oh, man. I mean, she looks like maybe she's 50. I don't know how 75-year-olds get on bikes. It's crazy. Well, the, the I mean, difference is don't ever get off the bike, keep doing it. And then when you get to 75, you'll look like you never got off the bike. Right. But if you lay around the house all day and do nothing. Don't even bother. You're yeah. going to look like you're, and you're going to feel like you're 75 years old. Right. You, you, I can feel that now. Yeah, see? Okay. So maybe yeah. Frank needs some more exercise. Yeah, maybe I need a bike. Uh, that would be good. There you go. In the National Football League from yesterday, to do what wonders never cease. The Denver Broncos actually won another game. They beat the Green Bay Packers 19-17. to Defensive back P.J. Locke with a big interception for the Broncos with two minutes to go on an ill-advised pass from Packer quarterback Jordan Love. And Locke was in there because safety Kareem Jackson was ejected for the second time this year. He's a serial... Just be just he's just serial. Uh, the Broncos had a nine point lead in this game and they blew that, but they are now two and five on the year. Russell Wilson, their quarterback, twenty of twenty nine for one hundred and ninety five yards and one T D, and they will host Kansas City on Sunday afternoon in Denver. And high school football from over the weekend, first and four A, Cheyenne East over Kelly Wall, sixty nine to eight. East will be the number two seed in the uh four A playoffs. Kelly Wall will be the number eight seed. Thunder Basin beat Natrona twenty one fourteen. So Thunder Basin gets the number five seed in the playoffs and the Toronto will get a three seed in the home game, and they will take on Cheyenne Central, who beat Rock Springs 35 to 10. So Central is the sixth seed, Rock Springs is the seventh seed. In the battle of teams that uh, were looking for their first win of the year, and their only win of the year, it was Laramie over Cheyenne South 19 to 3. Both teams will be out of the playoffs. In 2A, uh, Burns out of the playoffs, so they lost to Bighorn 62 16. Glenrock out of the playoffs, they lost to Upton Sundance 28 to nothing. In nine man football, Southeast beat Pine Bluffs in a great game. 30 to 20. So Southeast is in the playoffs. They'll play Riverside in the first round. And P Big Piney is in the playoffs. And they'll play, uh, Pine Bluffs will play Big Piney in the first round of the playoffs. And six man football, KC over first and 40 to 28. So KC will play Dubois in the first round of the six man playoffs. Casper Christian over Hewlett, 76 56. Casper Christian will not make the postseason. And Midwest lost to Encampment 84 to nothing. And they will not make the postseason. In the state high school cross country meet in Cheyenne over the weekend in 4A, 
Hobby Wetzel of Star Valley took first for the second consecutive year. Star Valley had five runners in the top eight to take first place as a team. Dominic Everly of Laramie took third, and Race Morell of Central took fourth. In the team standings were Star Valley first, Central second, and Laramie third. In the 4A girls race, Madison and Antonino from Jackson, the winner there, with Allie Wheeler of Natrona second and Ashley Gross of Natrona, of Natrona third. Natrona won the team championship for the first time since 2018. Cheyenne Central was second, and Laramie was third. Major League Baseball, Texas over Houston 9-2 to in the American League Championship Series that will force a Game 7 tonight. The road team has won every game so far, and this afternoon, Arizona will take on Philadelphia. In the National League Championship Series, Philadelphia is leading three games to two. What you should do is say the Broncos accidentally won one. Well, yeah, you, you, you can term it any way you want, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle. It, it, it is, yeah. Right. They're, they're probably waking up this morning going, Ooh. okay, no, wait, really? Yeah, how, 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 how do we do that? How did we do that? We should probably go back and take a look at that and find out how we did that so we can do it again. It's better to be, be lucky good. than yeah. good. Yeah, there you go. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Hey, I'm rolling to news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, we got uh, weather changes coming our way. Don Day, 745. Man's got some explaining to do. He's been warning us about it. He just didn't know exactly what form it was all going to take. So 745 is when he'll explain all of that. Phone number to get involved, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-WOODS. Uh, no, we don't have a Speaker of the House yet, and it really doesn't seem to matter. I hear a lot of complaining about how disastrous this is, that Congress isn't working. I think that's great that Congress doesn't get a whole lot done. The less Congress gets done, the better we all are. Now, if we could do the same thing for the bureaucracy, I'd really be happy. If the bureaucracy in America could get deadlocked and not get a lot done, especially when it comes to writing new law through the bureaucracy, that would be great for the nation. I would hope that would happen. So we'll wait and see. No, Israel has not moved into Gaza yet. They're still bombing things. We'll wait to see what happens there. Still all of the loudmouths, talking heads, telling you what horrible things could possibly happen. But really nobody knows anything yet. So we're just waiting to see there. That's what we're waiting on. Meantime, let's go to San Francisco. Now, here's the problem. Um, It used to be this beautiful city by the bay. In fact, San Francisco, as I like to call it, used to be, well, even when you watch episodes of Star Trek, including the movie, too, in the movie, they they love San Francisco. I mean, really, that's where all of the space agency is actually located in Star Trek, is right there in San Francisco. Yet now, though, I mean, maybe someday it'll be revitalized, but but right now, though, 
It's not what people remember, those who remember the 60s. And most people alive during the 60s, especially when they were in their youth during the 60s, don't remember the 60s. But today, San Francisco is more like this. Some gentle people there in San Francisco. Well, okay, here's the latest. This is the poster boy for the death of what was once a great city. In San Francisco, they do things a little differently, the story says. I'd say people there march to a different drummer. Well, it's always been that way. But that would imply that residents are sober enough to keep time. The author says, we all know that San Francisco has a terrible, awful, horrible homeless problem with homeless people sleeping everywhere and basically pooping up the streets, literally. One homeless man, bit of an entrepreneur, set up camp across from a Catholic grade school. Okay, so homeless guy sets up tent. There's the Catholic grade school where kids in Catholic-style uniform are going to school. It would have been a curiosity except for the sign that he hung outside of his tent. Free fentanyl for new users and meth for stolen items. Now, you might think I'm making this up, but I'm looking at this. And he actually made some really good signs here. He grabbed some cardboard is one sign, right? He had a marker he got some from somewhere. The other one looks more like a heavier piece, like some light wood, press board kind of wood. Looks good, though. So the more wooden press board sign, free fentanyl for new users. See, you got to get hooked somehow. So he's trying to create new business here. And then the other one, all written in nice, big, thick Sharpie. That's a mistake that a lot of people make. Like oftentimes when people put up a yard sale sign. They grab a piece of cardboard and they write on it with marker and they stick it up somewhere, not realizing that people driving by in the street can't see what that says. They're too far away and going too fast. You got to have big, thick, heavy letters. And this is what this guy does. So it took him some time and energy to put that sign together. If only he used that time and energy to go get a real job, but okay. Story says a San Francisco man who camped across the street. In fact, let me see if I can play this. This is from a local media outlet called the San Francisco Standard. Sure, but you can't characterize me and my belongings in a way that is not accurate or truthful. What's going to happen to you? It's not accurate objectively. That's fine. That's fine. So what I'm looking at here is the police officers talking to the homeless guy. Many legal ways you can do it, complaining, my name's Lieutenant Women, yo, my star number's 100. Well, I had to block that because now the homeless guy is starting to cuss. 
so yeah, the police are talking to this guy, and they're and, and as I'm watching the video here, it's a video of the police trying to talk to this guy and convince him, okay, sir, you can't do that, you can't be here, you can't do this, and this guy is arguing with the police officer. Now, at this point, if I were the police officer and I saw that sign, uh, there wouldn't be a discussion. I'm not sure how San Francisco police actually have to handle something like this, but um, I wouldn't have had a discussion with the guy. I would have just removed him, you know. Okay, well, the story here says, back to a time of normalcy now, it seems so long ago. When we can barely remember it, this sort of thing would never have happened. Or if it did, the loser who was doing it would have been hauled off to jail immediately without any notice or warning. Just They would have just shown up, picked him up, and taken him off. But now, the year is 2023. And so what we have is a bunch of police officers standing around. That's the audio that I just played for you. Trying to reason with this guy. He's a homeless man who's arguing with police officers. Now, he didn't just set up a tent. He's got like a whole camp thing going here with those signs. And the police officers are trying to reason. Just Well, I don't know what they expect him to pack up and move somewhere else. The story says, as a reasonable, decent person, you're probably wondering how it is that nobody has called upon the cops by now. But they have the cops again in the video with what they're doing. The cops claim their hands are tied. There's not much they can do about him. They've arrested him a couple of times for illegal camping, but that's about it. So what what are police in San Francisco supposed to do now, honestly? You got a guy just right across from a Catholic middle school with a sign, free fentanyl for new users, and stolen items will get you meth. Don't know if he's serious or not. And the police have to show up and try to negotiate with the guy rather than just clearing him out. What has happened to the city? And I would say what is the logic behind this, but there isn't any logic behind this. Best parody song ever put out by Babylon B. Wish we all could leave California now. When you need to get in the loop quicker than a soggy morning porch paper, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, let's put everything aside. Just going to sweep all off the table right now. As many of you know, a speaker is coming to the University of Wyoming, which has not been allowed at other universities. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of reception she gets at University of Wyoming, which I think overall ought to be good, with just a few exceptions out there. And this, of course, I'm talking about Riley Gaines, who's on the phone right now with us. Thanks for getting up early in the morning and joining us, Riley. 
<laughs> well, you know, all those years of swimming, I'm used yeah. to waking up early. So, oh, and do you still? So, do you still have that habit? Because I get up, I get here at two fifteen a.m. When oh, I go on va- I'm vacation, I still keep that schedule because I'm afraid I'll get out of sync. Totally. Um, growing up swimming, you know, eighteen yeah. years of my life, I spent doing the sport, and so it's. I feel like sleeping in until six a.m., seven a.m. Yeah. Look, I've missed half the day at that point, uh, okay. so I certainly still wake up early. Do you still work out? <laughs> I actually just had to step out of my my workout class. I already ran this morning. Oh, okay. Um, so, so certainly. Well, you're just making the rest of us feel like a bunch of wimps, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about how, first off, before we bring you to the University of Wyoming, let's remind everybody how all of this got started. You have been wanting to compete in swimming for how long? What age did all of that start? I started swimming when I was four. Um, So like I said, I graduated when I was 22. So it was 18 years of my life. I I really spent dedicated to my sport. You know, the practices, even, I mean, your diet, your sleep schedule, not to mention the sacrifices you have to make to compete and be successful at the highest level. Okay, so let's take a look at what the goal was. Because even way back then, at a very young age, you must have been looking toward where you wanted to go with all of this. Of course. Um, I come from a family of athletes. Um, My dad, my mom, both SEC athletes. My dad played in the NFL. Uh, So sports is a very big part of my family. And so I knew what I wanted to accomplish. Um, And truthfully, I I really did accomplish a lot of those things. Um, All the Olympic trial things, um, 12-time All-American, five-time SEC champion. I'm actually still the SEC record holder in the 200 butterfly. Uh, And so, but like I said, it's a lifelong journey. You know, you set those goals when you're younger and you continually chip away until you achieve those goals. Okay. So let's talk about what finally happened when you were out there trying to achieve a goal and you turned, probably, I'm going to guess, for the first time in your life and said, that's not fair. What exactly happened? So my senior year, um, I was competing at University of Kentucky and we're geared up, ready to go for our national championships, which is I mean, like I said, it's the meet you work all year for, really all your life for. Um, the fastest meet in the world, even comparatively faster than the Olympics because of how many fast swimmers the U.S. has. And so I'm right on pace to win a national title. All of a sudden, three weeks before our national championships, the NCAA announces that Leah Thomas, who is formerly Will Thomas, who swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania, will be swimming with the women in the women's category, and it was a non-negotiable. And so I look up who this Will Thomas was, because I was curious, you know, is this person, uh, you know, did they go from ranking first among the men to now continuing to rank first among the women, which is, of course, not what we saw. We saw this was a mediocre male athlete at best, ranking 462nd in the nation the year prior when competing against the men to then dominating and winning a national title on the women's side. Um, But really what thrusted me over the edge into taking – a stand against allowing males to compete in women's sports was after Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle and we had tied, uh, meaning we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. Um, but the NCAA denied me my trophy. And when I asked why, they said they had to give it to Leah because Leah had to hold it when pictures were being taken, which is to me, that's everything that Title IX was passed to prevent from happening. Yet here we were in 2023, 51 years since Title IX was implemented in 1972, um, and we were clearly and blatantly being discriminated on the basis of our sex. Mm. 
When you start to speak out against this, who do you go to at the time? I, I would assume those people who organize the sport, but would it also be the university system? Absolutely. Um, I went to anyone and everyone who would listen to me, including the NCAA, um, President Mark Emmert, who responded back and said, look, we're following the science. You know, science has evolved, is what he told me. Um, he unequivocally stands in his decision to allow Thomas to swim with the women. At least that's what he said publicly. Privately, it was a totally different conversation where he tells me to keep fighting. Um, I went to the specific universities. I went to USA Swimming, the governing body of FINA. Um, every outlet that I could get to, to listen, I was going to them. Left-leaning, right-leaning, everything in between. Um, but what I was finding was very similar to the conversation I had with President Mark Emmert. It was a lot of, on the face, it was um, people telling me I should apologize. I needed to learn how to be inclusive and kind and compassionate. But behind closed doors, those same people were telling me, no, keep pushing. We know this is wrong. Wow. You know, you would probably have won this, I mean, right out, if those same people who were telling you something different in private were fighting alongside you in public. Absolutely. Um, no doubt. Okay. Because this issue, it really does extend beyond party lines, right? right? I think the way it's portrayed in the media and the way we see politicians voting at both the state and federal level, you would think this is something that's that's pretty polarizing and divisive, but it really is a unifying issue because majority of people, whether that be Americans or really, I mean, across the globe, majority of common sense people know that allowing men into women's sports has gone too far and is denying reality fairness, truth, and common sense. So you then, I've seen you speak, of course, in, in front of Congress, various other places. But at some point, you've got to graduate and get out into the regular world like an adult. How do you think this has changed what you had planned to do compared to what you're doing now? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I mean, at 180. I was set to go to dental school after college. Um I had scored in the top percentile of the DAT, which is the dental admissions test. I'd put my deposit down, accepted my seat, and I was ready to specialize, actually, in endodontics, which is root canals. Um, and so I kind of justify God's calling because I certainly I certainly feel he has his hand on it. Um, and he provides me with, you know, the strength and the wisdom and the direction and really a hedge of protection. But I justify his calling by saying I'm still working on getting to the root of the problem coming out of people's mouths. <laughs> So it's still basically a root canal. Um, yeah. But, of course, it's a totally different skill set that by no means I felt prepared for when I initially took that leap of faith. Okay. So now I know some universities out there don't want you to, and have not allowed you to speak. Is that correct? Uh, that's very correct. Okay. Um, just two weeks ago at Penn State, um, they canceled my speech. Um, they came up with every excuse under the sun. Um, there was multiple people arrested were trying to protest me. Professors were canceling classes because I was on campus. Mm. Um, I'm going to Harvard this week, which has been um, a hassle. Yeah, They've canceled back and forth, back and forth, but now suddenly they're super pro-free speech because right. of what's going on in the Middle East and how different student groups and campus groups are coming out in support of Palestine. Suddenly, okay. they love the freedom of speech. Suddenly they do. Well, I'm running out of time because we're coming up on news, but I want to make sure people get to the event. You're going to be where, when, at the University of Wyoming? I am going to be at the University of Wyoming at 7 p.m. on the 24th, so tomorrow. Um, I'm not entirely sure what room, but I know there's some flyers posted, and so 
I couldn't be more excited, especially given everything that's going on with the sororities there at Kappa Kappa Gamma. Um, so lots of really, really cool things, and those girls will be in attendance, and, and I can't wait. All right, Riley, keep fighting. Good to have you on this Absolutely. morning. Absolutely. Pleasure to speak Thank with you. Thank you very much. Sure. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Seven thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I'll tell you, Riley Gaines, that was a good guest to have. I will replay that interview. For those people who didn't catch it, I'll replay that at beginning of 9 o'clock hour. And if you just missed the interview, that's the young lady who was I mean, really just a top-notch swimmer. Her whole life is, and her whole family, family is nothing but athletes. So she's way up before you do exercising, eating right, and so on. Still doing it long after school, but yeah, then they take a athlete who says, a male athlete who was below mediocre with male swimmers decided to say well I'm trans and then swims against Riley and some others and does extraordinarily well because he's up against women as a guy what gets me I didn't know this part of the story that she just told is they finished they tied when they raced but they give the award to him because well this person you know the whole trans movement right now and so on so we have to make a good showing so we have to give you know which of course makes her mad as hell too but what also got me and I didn't know this this I think is a huge part of the interview what people will tell her in person as to what they'll say in public publicly well she she needs to go get some help and she's a bigot and she needs to step up to modern times and modern science and all this is what they say in person or I'm sorry in public in person they agree with her and please keep fighting that's what made me think to ask the question what would be different how different do you think it would be if those people who privately said you know this is wrong and I hope you keep fighting please keep fighting What if they supported her publicly? How different would this story be if that was the case, yet they're wimping out on her? What they'll say publicly is not what they say privately. I think that's a big part of the problem, a huge part of the problem. People who think differently but are afraid to say it in public, people who are afraid to say what they really think in public, I think that's a major part of our problem right here. And that's what Riley is fighting for. I give her credit for being someone who is just outspoken and she doesn't care what kind of a hassle it causes. She's going to say what she thinks. And so goes on public speaking tours. I also thought it was interesting. Yeah, Harvard University wanted nothing to do with her. Until we start having problems in the Middle East and freedom of speech becomes an issue. And, you know, then all of a sudden... Harvard University, uh, well, maybe then again we will let her come and speak. Uh, suddenly there's a change of tune. But that's only because the political winds are growing, are blowing in an opposite direction. And so, of course, the university doesn't want to seem like they're out of touch. So they've got to blow with those political winds. This is why 
Harvard used to be such an incredible, I mean, one of the world's greatest institutions in the history of humankind. Now, though, I, to me, I mean, I grew up as one of those who looked at Harvard University as, again, truly one of the greatest schools that ever existed. Now I look at them and I think, wow, if I had a kid and the kid wanted to go there and was able to go there because of their their grades and we had the money and all that, I wouldn't, that, nope, not paying for that. Not letting you go there. They're just going to mess you up. The school is not what it used to be. And there's many other Ivy League universities that used to be great. But now, I would rather send my kids somewhere else, which is why I like last week when I interviewed Mike Rowe. He's not opposed to college. There's a time and place you should go to college. But which one, though? I'd be very selective and very picky about which one I'd send my kid to. And Riley is a good example of what she has to go through at different universities when she just tries to go and speak her point of view. And the kind of hate that she gets out of it by people who say that they're tolerant. They preach tolerance, and yet their actions show that they're not. Milo and Fort Danger, I blame the drive-by media for all the problems in our country. Just tell the truth. That's their job. Yeah. And I wonder how many people... There was, Milo, there was a while ago, I don't know if it still exists, it was a, uh, it was like Twitter, but it's private. It's all private. And there were people in the news media who would set up these chat rooms. And in these chat rooms, they would say what they really think. And if you think the media is bad, when you read uh, anything news-wise or listen to news and you think, wow, the media is real, news media is really bad. You should see what they say in private. Read what they say in private in that chat room. It would really shock you. And you wonder why things are such a mess and you understand who these people are and what they really think. It's far worse than you think. 742, wake up my own. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day of Day Weather. First off, again, Don, that weekend was just glorious. And thank you for that. We appreciate you programming the weather in that way. Yes, I worked overtime to make yes, that happen. But I know you can't hold it back forever. So we have today and tomorrow, basically. Is that right? Yeah. Today and tomorrow, then we actually have uh, three weather systems to contend with. The first one is, isn't going to do a lot. It will produce a little bit of shower activity across the north and west today and tomorrow. And, uh, make it tomorrow and Wednesday just a little bit cooler. It's the, the last two, uh, the one that's going to come through northern and western Wyoming Wednesday into Thursday. And then the next one that'll take more of a southerly track is going to come in over the weekend. So it's best described as a one-two punch, really. Uh, this first one is going to mainly go across Montana, but will get western and far northern Wyoming into the snow. The second one, Glenn, is the one where central and southern Wyoming will get the snow. Okay. Snow, but I'm also noticing the way those temperatures drop. So now it's a good idea to start reaching further back into the closet after those heavier coats. This is the coldest air of the season. And the, yeah. the trajectory of the air as we get into Sunday and Monday 
is is near the Arctic Circle. I mean, it's it's a it's a big transfer of cold air, and we're going to see this cold front go all the way to the Gulf Coast. Mm. Um, so this is the coldest air of the season, uh, certainly dropping into the teens, even the single digits by Sunday night and Monday night is is on the table. Um, and we're going to have some travel problems. There's going to be, especially in far northern and western Wyoming, with this first one and then the second system this weekend. It's going to be enough snow, Glenda, to make for some travel problems, especially I-80. Uh, well, of course, I-80. I mean, of course, you know, you got outside. Well, we've already had the first official closing of I-80. That was the test clothing uh, for, for the big one that, that comes. Yeah, up just making sure all the closure stuff works. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. OK, so uh, but when we do this, I'll see nighttime lows. We're not really hitting the teens yet, though. Right. We're still just in like uh, 30s, 20s. Well, yeah, for the first half of this week. First uh, half, but, okay. but, you know, even by Thursday and Friday night, I see some teams mm. in lower 20s. Oh, really? I'm so glad I have my sprinkler system blown out here. What's our exit strategy? Uh, there is none. Okay. <laughs> I mean, next exactly. week is November. Okay. I mean, so, uh, any type of, you know, exit strategy into, oh, we're, we're going into a, you know, a different pattern. No, uh, no. this is okay. really the the season changer right here, and okay. it looks like well into November it's going to stay colder and unstable. Okay, I've noticed though we kind of eased into it compared to past oh, years. I I don't know how I know, but this way this fall was about as good as you can get. Yeah, and okay. I had a lot of people unhappy about how the month of June went. Yeah. So September and October was to make up for June. Just perfect. All right. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Don Day with Day Weather. So, okay, yeah, reach further back in, grab those heavier coats. Does that interrupt, Frank, any sporting events? No, it, okay. it interrupts my lifestyle. Oh, okay. Well, you should be – you lived in Wyoming for how long now? 38. Okay, so you should be used to this by now. Yeah. I don't want to hear any complaints. Well, no, no, no. I, yeah. Everyone complains about the weather. Oh, the people that okay. drive me nuts, is they, will they actually call Don Day to complain about the weather? Yes, right. Then stop. <laughs> Just deal with it. We all do. Yeah, that's right. So, in other words, you're allowed to complain. But, but just don't leave complain it to him. Don't complain to him. There's not a whole lot he can do Dickens. about it. Yeah. What I like when he tells me is that no matter what the weather's doing – somebody is complaining. Well, yeah. Which is one of the reasons, okay, Frank, you know, I do more of a controversial radio show here. I found out from doing this program, since there's no way to please everybody, just do what I do. Right, and and you just kind of keep score. Yeah, that's how right. Many, how many people, people did I piss off today? Exactly. Now, what about you on the sports end of it? Because I know no matter what you say, somebody doesn't like it. I keep score, too. Okay. And hopefully the more the better. Okay. You know, right. It keeps people awake. As long as you're getting mail, people well, are listening. Are they? Yeah, well. Like 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 mail with a stamp? Well, no, no. Well, I get some of that. I rarely get it, but I do get some of that. But even email, though. Oh, well, you know, every so often they want to say hi. Oh, okay. That's about it. All right. All right. So now, uh, there's a story I pulled up for you here. So do you go go out there and rake leaves out of your yard? Uh, I will do it in the spring. Oh, okay. Good. So I want all the leaves to be over the grass. Was that supposed right. to be good for the grass? Yeah, okay. And then when the wind blows the continuous winter, they all will line up along the fence. Right. And all you really have to do is just pull them out. That's strategy. Okay. Now, I had a place in Cheyenne where I, it was perfect. The wind blew perfectly on my property to blow all the leaves down to the neighbor's yard. So I never raked. Oh, but but your neighbor, your other neighbor's leaves they had no ended, choice. Up, it ended yeah. up in your yard. Right. But I have an article in front of me which confirms what you just said. Actually, leaving those leaves on your yard through the winter is very good for your grass. It even not only helps fertilize, 
but helps get rid of weeds. Excellent. So, for all those people that are out there raking and sucking it up with various machines and so on, you know, you can just stop it. And when people say, well, aren't you going to go ahead and rake your... No, I want better grass next year. And so the thing to do is just leave it there where it is. Here, here, here's something frightening, Glenn. Yeah. You know, I, I leave for work, you know, maybe about, you know, 5.15, 5.20 in the morning. Right. And it's dark. Yeah. Okay. There was a guy raking his leaves oh my God. at 5.30 in the morning <laughs> in the dark. National Football League, the Denver Broncos, found some daylight. They actually beat the Green Bay Packers 19-17 to down in Denver yesterday. P.J. Locke, the Broncos defensive back, had a huge interception with two minutes to go on an ill-advised pass from Packer quarterback Jordan Love. And Locke was in the game because Kareem Jackson, the safety, was ejected from the contest for a hit. And that was the second time he's been thrown out of the game this year. What a guy. Broncos had a nine-point lead in this game and let that slip away. But they are 2-5, and five, and quarterback Russell Wilson, 20-29 for 195 yards. And one TD. They'll be at home on Sunday afternoon to meet Kansas City. In high school football from over the weekend, first and 4A, Cheyenne concluded the regular season with a 69-8 win over Kelly Walsh. East will be the number two seed in the 4A playoffs, and Kelly Walsh will be the number eight seed. Th- Thunder Basin over in the Trona, 21-14, so Thunder Basin will be the five seed in the 4A playoffs. Natrona will have a home game as the, the number three seed, and they'll host Cheyenne Central. Central beat Rock Springs 35-10, so Central grabs the sixth seed, and Rock Springs will be the the seventh seed, and in a game between two teams that had not won a game prior to Friday, it was Laramie over Cheyenne South 19-3. In 2A, Burns lost to Bighorn 62-16. Burns not making the playoffs. Glenrock didn't win a game at all this year. They lost to Upton Sundance 28-0. In nine-man football, Southeast over Pine Bluffs 30-20, so Southeast will play Riverside in the playoffs, and Pine Bluffs will play Big Piney. In 1A, six-man, KC over Farson 40-28, so KC draws Dubois in the first round of the playoffs. Casper Christian beat Hewlett 76-56. Casper Christian will not make the playoffs. And Encampment beat Midwest 84 to nothing. Midwest will not make the playoffs. State High School Cross Country Meet was held on Saturday at the Cheyenne Country Club in 4A. Hobby Wetzel from Star Valley repeated as the individual champion with Dominic Eberle of Laramie taking third and Race Morell of Cheyenne Central taking fourth. Star Valley had five runners in the top eight to win the team title for the second straight year. Cheyenne Central was second and Laramie third. On the girls' side, Madison Antonino from Jackson, the winner of that race, with Allie Wheeler of Natrona second and Ashley Gross of Natrona third. Natrona won the team championship for the first time since 2019. Cheyenne Central was second and Laramie third. In baseball, Texas over Houston 9-2 to in the American League Championship Series, so that is now even at three games apiece. The road team has won every game. Game 7 will be tonight. And this afternoon, Game 6 of the National League Championship Series with Arizona taking on Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is leading three games to two. Mandy May is saying good morning to you and I. So Hi, Mandy May. Yeah. Uh, where, where does Mandy May live? Uh, in Casper. She's oh, one sweet. of the Casper listeners up there. Okay. So, But I would think, though, we've reached the season where a lot of those outdoor sports are coming to an end. Well, well, we have uh, three weeks of football remaining wow. at okay. the high school level and college football. Okay. So, yes, we're still outside, yep. and we're going to be outside. Okay. That's the way it is until about mid-December. I would still say that we should be playing high school volleyball outside in the sand like I grew up on the beaches. be much more interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, and they can wear, like, coats and it's hats an, and yes, gloves. But it is an Olympic sport, after all. Well, well, it is. It is. All right. Thank it you, is. Frank. Coming up on some local business news time after that. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
106 of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. First off, get this out of the way, to Red in Casper. What a wonderful excuse, I mean, the scientific reason, to not rake my leaves. It is not an excuse. I gave, for those who missed it, I was talking to Frank Gambino about why you don't rake your leaves. Let them stay on your lawn. Let them get snow on top. And that actually is better for your grass. That's science, Red. They can't deny it. So, yeah, just don't bother it. Let it blow into your neighbor yard. Hang on, Nancy. I'm getting to you in just a moment. First off, real quick, it is open phones at this point. So, warning. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave. <coughs> All right. Strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Good morning, Nancy. Morning, Glenn. Say, since uh, we haven't... Uh, uh, picked a speaker yet, I'd like to throw another hat into the ring. Sure. I think our Wyoming Harriet Hegman would be a great speaker. Mm-hmm. I, You know, actually, I would love to have a speaker of the House from Wyoming, because as you know, Wyoming only has one voice, one vote right. in the House. And if we that... already know she's a heavy hitter. Sure. I mean, look who she kicked out on, uh, you know, Liz Well, gone. for that so, matter... Uh, Harriet oh, has <laughs> Harriet has fought cases in front of the U.S. Supreme Court and won against yeah, yeah against right. government bureaucracy like the EPA. So yeah, I hope, Harry, I hope Harriet would really consider this. I would actually love for her to step up into that position, especially because we might just have one representative. But if the representative happens to be the Speaker of the House, that means we actually have a real voice. That's right. Okay, have a good one. I right. appreciate it. I always have to say this. I love Nancy. She's calling from Cheyenne. I love her voice. And every time she calls, I know she's still alive. So <laughs> I wonder about some. There's some older people who call in. And I wonder sometimes, are they still out there when they don't call in for a while? When Nancy does, oh, good, Nancy's still alive anyway. Okay. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Delfiner warns of lost trust in public schools. So this, I actually came across this from the Wyoming uh, Tribune Eagle, which is rare. I hate to, I hate to say this, but I, I have to say this because it's true. A lot of Wyoming newspapers, traditional newspapers, I quit reading a while ago because they weren't even doing Wyoming news. They were just grabbing AP news. Maybe a couple of local reporters. That was about it. I would like for them to really get back to news. It's okay if paper goes away and you're just online now. That's fine. Do news. Be Wyoming news. But all right. Here's the story. It was destined to be partisan, a culture war issue that embroiled school districts across the country, including Wyoming. The House Subcommittee on Early Childhood Elementary and Secondary Education Hearing on um, Combating Graphic Explicit Content in School Libraries, Thursday, Washington, when, as one might expect, as congressional Republicans and Democrats chided one another for the 
current charges of atmosphere around K through 12 education. Now, this is, uh, I believe, an opinion piece uh, that I'm reading. No, no, it's not. I'm sorry. Uh, this is Hannon who's writing this story. But this has to do with our uh, our own school uh, superintendent. So. It was amid the tiny veiled barbs, the story says, competing narratives that Wyoming superintendent of public instruction, Megan Delfinger, warned of declining trust in public schools driven by library books and educational materials that are not suitable for minor children and are a complete misuse of taxpayer dollars. Now, this goes back. We've talked about this before. This goes back to it's not even so much if you want to talk about sexuality, things like that which I don't really think should be something that schools should be engaged in. That's something that parents should be engaging their kids in. But some of these books are really sexually explicit. To the point that I cannot describe to you what's in the books on the air. I would get in trouble for that. So that's what we're talking about here. So our school superintendent, or as I like to say in Wyoming, our school marm said... She spoke in lockstep with conservative lawmakers and others who testified in D.C. about worried parents and the need to protect children from sexually explicit, inappropriate books. She also advocated for what she said was Wyoming's approach to controversial subjects, highlighting local control and upcoming state guidance for school districts. It really does. That is something here in Wyoming more than many other states. We do have local control. So it could be in many cases you could live in one district in Wyoming, school district, and have a certain, let's say, community standard and then go to another district and it's slightly different or maybe a lot different. And it's up to the local people to decide what they want in their schools. Quote, during the campaign, said our school marm, I spoke with voters across the state regarding their concerns of public education. At the top of the list among all varying communities was fear of inappropriate and sexually explicit material in schools. During her testimony in D.C., our school marm, our Wyoming school marm, expressed many of the same sentiments as Lindsay Smith of Maryland, mother of Moms for Liberty chapter chair, Max Eden, a research fellow at American Enterprise Institute, a conservative think tank. She spoke of pornography accessible to students in schools. She portrayed K-12 through education as looting sight of their goals. Now, as I read this, I think, yes, it's true. As far as this really explicit material, which some people say you get rid of it, you're censoring. Have you, for, for those who say that, have you looked at what's in these books? And one of the things I love that's happening in school districts around America, parents will get up during a school board meeting and read from one of these books. And it is so explicit, they will literally be escorted out by the police. Because you can't say stuff like that during a school board meeting. And yet there it is in our public libraries. Now, that's one way that I see that our public schools have lost sight of what they're supposed to be doing in school. Material like this in general. I even take a look at, and I know some of you might disagree, but tell me what you think. When it comes to teaching sexuality or even just sex in general in school, should they really be doing that? Is that what you sent your kids to school for? 
Okay. Or, or did you send your kids to school for a different reason? My thought is, I think we really do have a, a disconnect in schools today as to what should be taught in schools and what our schools think should be taught. Miss Mary's telling me, throwing you another curveball. Harriet Hegeman is going to hop on with us after the break and talk about Speaker of the House. Okay, if that's the case, it's Wake Up. Start your day the right way. Wake Up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Hey, 19 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. I'm going to start tossing strange names out like Chuck Norris for Speaker of the House. What do you think, Harriet? <laughs> well, that one had not risen to the top yet, but I'll yes. consider it. But nobody, if Chuck Norris was Speaker of the House of Representatives in the U.S. House, nobody would dare stand in opposition to him. I mean, obviously. Okay, so joining us on the line right now is your Wyoming Representative Harriet Hageman. Just moments ago, we, uh, Harry, get this delightful caller from time to time, Nancy from Cheyenne, and she suggested that you should be nominated for Speaker of the House. To that, Mike and Casper said, go Harriet. And the idea is we like the idea of Wyoming only has one vote in the House of Representatives, but the more powerful that one vote is, the better for us. And if it were you, the better for the nation. That's their opinion. I I am uh, honored by their confidence in my abilities, but my suggestion is don't take their calls anymore. (laughs) Probably, (laughs) that is probably not a good idea. Wait, I I would say this, not yet, but after you've been there for a while, I would like you to try for that because I think you'd be perfect for the job. Having said that, right now we don't have a speaker, so where are we at? So there are several uh, gentlemen at this point who have put their hats in the ring, and they are. some of them are excellent. Actually, all of them are excellent, and I think that they would be very good in this position. Uh, I'm not ready to yet identify who I would be supporting through this. We are going to be having a forum this evening. There will be the nominations, then the nomination speeches, and then we will have a question and answer session. We start that this evening at about 630 I anticipate we may be there till well into the uh, early morning tomorrow and discussing this. Then tomorrow we will start voting in conference, not out on the floor. Um, but I think that what people recognize is that it is absolutely critical that we get behind one person. And regardless of whether, well, my guy didn't win or I would have rather had this guy, it is time that we get on with the business of the House of Representatives. It's time that we get on with governing. There are too many things going on in the world. There's only one Republican power base in Washington, D.C., and it is the House. We need to make sure we're doing our job. Sounds to me like we've reached a point, but you correct me if my wording is wrong here, that we're at this point looking for someone who is agreeable enough with everybody, but not powerful enough to take the position. Um, there are a couple of people who are running that I think are absolutely powerful enough to take the position. Okay. And I think that they would be excellent. Uh, one of the issues you've identified is I think something that you're seeing play out throughout the country and even in the state of Wyoming. We have factions within the Republican Party. Mm. The Democrats tend to vote and act in lockstep. 
The Republicans do not. That's one of the one of the big differences between us. We don't expect to be told what to do. We're independent. We think for ourselves. We uh, are, are we believe that we're the ones who should be able to determine our own destiny. In contrast, the Democrats tend to do whatever they're told to do, and that's why you see when the Republicans govern, we're a little bit messier. But that doesn't mean that we're doing it wrong. It means that we're recognizing that there are lots of different viewpoints, lots of different ways of getting things done. And then we try to get to the consensus that we need to. I think over the next two days we will do that. I do not think that this is kind of a placeholder candidate. I think that there are, as I said, there are especially a a couple of gentlemen that I think would be absolutely excellent in this position. And we would be well served to have them as speaker. Okay. What are the Democrats doing in the meantime? Because whenever there's another vote, I notice there's such a split among the Republicans that you might have someone who's in the lead, but he doesn't have a clear set of numbers. And yet the Democrats, since, as you said, they all vote in lockstep, gets more numbers than the Republican does. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think happened here. I, Nancy Pelosi had made it clear that she did not believe in a motion to vacate, that this was not something that you would ever do because you have to protect the institution. We're in uncharted territory. This has never happened in the history of the United States. So she had made clear that, no, that is not the way it should go. We have to protect the institution of Congress. We have to have stability and certainty, and I agree with that. What I think happened was that we have been so effective over the last 10 months, or nine months, I guess it would be a better uh, uh, time frame, in terms of moving forward with conservative legislation. Three of our flagship bills, H.R. 1, H.R. 2, and H.R. 5, H.R. 1, energy security, H.R. 2, border security, H.R. 5, family bill of rights. We had been moving forward with some incredible conservative legislation. We had been exposing the Biden crime family for what it is. We had been moving forward with the documentation and the impeachment inquiry with Joe Biden. We were making some real progress. The border, everybody, whether you're at a blue state or a red state or you live in New York City or you live out in the rural area in Arizona, everybody is fed up with what Mayorkas and Biden have done with the border. We were making progress and the Democrats looked around, Nancy Pelosi looked around and said, we got to find a way to stop this momentum. So what did they do? They worked with eight Republicans and they did the motion to vacate. It shouldn't have happened. It was wrong. Uh, We were making progress. It was the first time in decades that the actual individual members in the House had been empowered to put forth with bills and amendments. And we had had gone to regular order. And the Democrats threw a wrench in this. The blame for this needs to to, to be identified where it should be placed. And that is with the Democrats. Yes, there was a very small number of Republicans who did this, but it's the Democrats. Democrats that took away the Republican speaker. So we have we, we've got to get back to that. So, yes, we seem to be, uh, um, you know, we have more factions. I would agree with that. But we have the ability to govern when we come together and we have the ability to govern conservatively with bills and legislation that the American people want. Now, I would think, though, even though the House of Representatives can't vote on anything while you're waiting to get that speaker, there's still things you can get done. It's not like you're showing up to your office and playing cards with your staff. You're actually working on things. No, <laughs> no we're having hearings. 
Uh, in fact, I had a hearing, Indian and Insular Affairs hearing last week on the COFA agreements, the Compact of Free Association that we've been working on all year dealing with the islands in the South Pacific that I've talked about before, the CODEL that I went to in August where I went and met with the leadership in Palau, Micronesia, and the Marshall Islands. Uh, as of last Monday, the Marshall Islands, in fact, agreed to sign the agreement. So we now have all three island chains that we will have another 20-year arrangement with them to ensure that we can protect shipping lanes and the fisheries and these countries down in the South Pacific and deny China a foothold down there. So that was very exciting. We had a hearing on that last week. Uh, we've got depositions going today related to additional things that we are trying to expose with the FBI and the Department of Justice. So, no, we're back here working. We're not voting on the floor. We're not getting bills through when we've got to address the appropriations. But something else people need to understand, the four appropriations bills we have already passed, they fund 70% of the government. Right now, in terms of the appropriations bills we're working on, that's about 30% of the discretionary funding. So we've done our job. The Senate won't take them up. So, yeah, we're continuing to work. It's just that we can't vote on the floor, but we're doing the committee work. We're doing the hearings and we're doing the business of the American public. Every single year at about the time, about the same time that we ran out of money again, I always head over to Sam's Club and stock up on ramen noodles because we're heading for another government <laughs> shutdown. And then, of course, I make a nice, comfortable place in the bean bag down in my cellar waiting. Because, you know, when the government shuts down for a little while, it's just chaos out here. Nobody knows how to live, Harriet. Well, I don't know that I would agree with that. Oh, okay. um, I get your tongue-in-cheek. I get yeah. your tongue-in-cheek. Um, the problem with the government, one of the many problems with government shutdowns is building back up, coming back up. It actually costs, I know you're going to think this is crazy. We need to look at these numbers. We need to stop this nonsense back here. It costs $11 billion to bring the government back up because mm -hmm. when they do that, these agencies know they shut everything down and they do make people suffer. They try yeah. every way they can. They try to stop us from going to our open air monuments. Yeah. They try to do everything to make it as painful for the American public as possible. So we keep passing bills. Pay our military act. Pay this. Pay yeah. that so that we can minimize the impact, not the agencies and not the Democrats. They try to make it as painful for everybody as possible. I just got but another... Here's the other thing. I'm sorry. I'm running out yes. on time. We're coming up against the news. I just got a note from DJ and Mills. She also wants you to run for speaker, too. Just, just <laughs> tossing that out there. Hey, thanks for calling in this morning. It's been very enlightening. Anytime you want to get in, no problem. Thank you. It's so good to visit. All right. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time right after. Yeah. Then, of course, update on the weather forecast. Then you and I get into a nice, long segment of open phones. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Boy, what a busy morning this has been. And a good morning, too. So if you missed it, Riley Gaines, that would be the young lady who's the swimmer who had to go up against a transgender swimmer, and that caused a whole lot of controversy. 
when she had spoken in front of Congress on national television and is on a speaker's tour across the United States at university, she will be appearing in University of Wyoming. That'll be tomorrow night, appearing at the University of Wyoming. Um, let's see. i got to go ahead and get the date and time in there on the web, but I do have a link for that. The story will be coming up pretty soon. And for those who missed that interview with Riley Gaines, that will be at just let's see 9.06. I'll replay it. But also the interview will appear on the Wake Up Wyoming site in just a few minutes from now. i got a few things I need to get on there. I see. Uh, I can just drop it in. Okay. Uh, Ms. Mary, I do have the link in. What I don't have is any pictures of Riley that I can use. Okay, so if you want, could you pick it up from the, I have everything done, except I can't find any pictures of her that I can use, but I'm sure on your end, you'll be able to find that. Then we can just go ahead and put a title and publish it, and it's done, ready to go. All right, also, Harriet Hageman just called in, and it was actually a good time for her to call in. She didn't know this, so it got a call from Nancy and Cheyenne saying, Harriet Hageman for Speaker of the House. And Harriet had no idea that that call had come in. And she, Harriet Hageman was the next caller after Nancy and talked about Speaker of the House. Now, here's where I really do understand uh, why Harriet Hageman, and she really has gotten in-depth into her job as to how things do work in Washington, D.C., in, in government and so on. But there's still a few things that I would do a little bit differently if I was her because when it comes to a government shutdown, there are things during a government shutdown – that I would leave, if I could, if it was up to me, I would shut those things down and keep them shut down. To me, government shutdown is the perfect time to take a look at, well, when we come back, when government comes back online, what can we just forget about? How about we just don't? There's all sorts of agencies out there that we can shut down, quit funding. Because, look, the government shut down because it ran out of money, which when you take a look at how much money our government has been spending, especially you think they've been overspending before, especially overspending now, they've been spending so much through COVID and other crises that they've invented. So they just keep borrowing more and more money. There's no this is that that's the buzzword everybody uses today. Sustainability. Well, that's sustainable. Is it borrowing money like this? It's not. So at some point, it has to come to an end. So if I could wave my little magic wand to fix everything, the next time we hit a government shutdown, I would use it as an opportunity to not restart some of these agencies. We ran out of money. Government doesn't have any more money to restart that agency. So we're just not going to. Terry in Colorado about Liz Cheney. Hello, Terry. Well, uh, good morning. It's Terry from the Port. How you doing, Glenn? Good, sir. What you got? Good. Hey, um, a question on your chat. Uh, see if you could ask uh, Liz. I mean, uh, uh, Congresswoman Hageman about um, a question about Jordan. So, is Jordan completely out of the uh, the race for Speaker? It looks like he did drop out. He just decided. Not last. Last I heard, anyway, he decided. No, I'm just not going to run anymore. So, it, okay, I, I, okay, cool. Unless something um, changed. And my, uh, the, the main reason I was calling about this, she was on the other day, and she was just gabbing about going to support 
whoever runs uh, for Congress, I mean, whoever runs for president, yeah. and whoever is the best election, right. uh, either it's going to be Democrat or Republican, she stated. Right. But my question is, it start, it has, uh, you know, like how uh, 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 Hillary Clinton, how she became New York City uh, uh, a resident there, and then she was able to run for Congress or Senate right. today. And then is Liz Cheney doing the same thing? Is she trying to uh, her residency in another state or maybe well, that's again? kind of what she, I don't know if she's going to ever run. She probably could run for Congresswoman for Virginia and get it if she wanted to. She did have some roots in Wyoming because this is where her father's from. Born, Her father was born and raised in Casper, Wyoming. And so she did have some Wyoming roots, and she spent a lot of time in Wyoming. Although she wasn't primarily raised here, she did spend a lot of time in Wyoming. So when she was looking for a congressional seat to run for, she goes back to Wyoming not only because can she say, well, I spent a good part of my childhood anyway here, but also... With her father's name in Wyoming, she can't miss. So she got the job. But many Wyomingites still called her a carpetbagger from Virginia, which is where she has her main residence. So it wouldn't surprise me that she would want to, if she wanted to go for Congress again. But I don't know that she would have the anchor like she had with her father here in Wyoming. She could probably do it in Virginia because she's lived most of her life there. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for that information. Okay. Uh, Trying to research it, I just couldn't find it. But uh, thanks for keeping me uh, or getting me sped up on that. Uh, it. No problem at all. Thank you, Terry. So, for those who I know, this is going to drive you nuts. But I started earlier this was since he brought it up. Blame Terry. Terry, it's all your fault. Well, um, earlier this morning, in fact, I started the program. <sighs> I hate to do this with Liz Cheney. <laughs> Because she was on with Jake Tapper on CNN over the weekend. And she was asked about running for president of the United States. And she said she's not saying she will or won't. She's not ruling it out. But she's not saying that she is either. So a bit of a conversation between myself and listeners this morning about Liz Cheney running for a president, which some people had speculated a long time ago she wants to do. And my thought is, realistically, the only way she could run or would want to run for president is if she thinks she can split enough of the vote so Trump wouldn't win. But realistically, could she be elected as president of the United States? I, I don't think even she believes that. Well, I, I might be wrong. I mean, I'm not in her head. I don't know what she's thinking, but I don't think even she believes personally that she could win a race like that. Now, for those people who would think, well, she's running as a Democrat. No, Liz Cheney has consistently been about the most conservative member of the House of Representatives when she was there. And she continues to be extremely conservative. Uh, but, however, she does not like Trump. Now, there was some, when the whole Trump controversy started... People were calling this program saying, but Trump is conservatism. No, he's not. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and dislike Trump, you know, especially because, well, it, the guy's got a mouth on him. He upsets a lot of people and yet still be very conservative. All right. 
So Liz just doesn't want Trump. She wants the Republican Party. She doesn't want Trump. The only thing I could think of is if she ran on the Republican ticket. But again, I, I don't think she even believes for a moment that she could win that seat. I don't think so. All right, coming up in just a few minutes from now, let me see. I got Frank Ampino. We got the news break coming up. After that, so nice and early this morning, I got a call from Riley Gaines, and that's the athlete, the swimmer, who went up against a transgendered swimmer, and they tied, but they gave him the trophy, and, you know, the whole controversy. She's become a public speaker because she's really upset that this guy, this trend, this guy was swimming with guys. He was below mediocre. He wasn't ever winning anything. But then he joins the women's team, and pff, all of a sudden he's just brilliant. And look at all the records he's breaking. She will be speaking at University of Wyoming. She called the show earlier this morning to talk about that. I'll replay that interview. At 9.06, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Hey, 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 so I, I'm going to assume you're not a hunter, Frank. No, not particularly, okay. no. no. Uh, fisher? Fisherman? Um, I've got caught in a buzz a couple times. Yeah, yeah. okay. So let's say I was putting together a list uh, based on what people who are hunters tell me that they go through mm -hmm. as their routine when they want to go hunting. <clears throat> 11 a, uh, 1 a.m., alarm clock rings. 2 a.m., friends show over who he's going hunting with to drag him out of bed because he's still in bed. Okay. Okay. 2.30 a.m., start loading the truck, which should have been done yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And everything but the kitchen sink. Well, yeah, you're going to go hunting. Yeah, okay. Camping, the whole thing. 3 a.m., leave for deep woods. 3.15, drive back home because you forgot your gun. 3.30, go back home because you forgot your ammo. 4.45, dry like hell before daylight because you got to get there before the... Okay. At some point after you've gotten there and you're trying to get out, get all your gear on so you can go hunting, you realize you left your tent at home. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe the next time just stay home. It might be a good idea. If you're not ready to go, stay home. Next, uh, daylight, and you finally see a deer, you point your rifle, you pull the trigger. It'll probably be a good idea if you put ammo in the gun. Yeah. So while you're loading your gun, the deer walks off. So have okay. a nice day. 8 a.m., head back to camp. 9 a.m., still looking for camp. <laughs> I like that one. 10 a.m., looking for cell phone signal because you're lost. 12, start shooting your gun to try to call attention to people for help. 12.02, getting hungry, eat some wild berries. 12.15, ran out of bullets, calling for help, saw eight deer. <laughs> one, squatting in the woods because of the berries you ate. One fifteen, rescued and rushed to hospital. Three, back to camp. 3.15, friends talk you into going hunting again. <laughs> Just, it can't be any worse, It cannot right? possibly be. All right, in the NFL from yesterday, the Denver Broncos, a winner at home over the Green Bay Packers, 19-17. to Will wonders ever cease? In the last two minutes of the game, P.J. Locke, the Broncos defensive back, with a big interception on a really a poorly thrown, poorly conceived ball by Packer quarterback Jordan Love. And Locke was only in the game because Kareem Jackson, the safety, was ejected. 
for a hit on a, on, a, on a Packer player. That's the second time this year he's been thrown out of the game. Quarterback Russell Wilson for the Broncos, 20 of 29 for 195 yards and one TD. The, the Broncos had a nine-point lead, watched that evaporate, but they did prevail, so they are 2-5 and five on the year, and they will be at home on Sunday to meet the Kansas City Chiefs. High school football from over the weekend in Class 4A, Cheyenne East over Kelly Wall, 69-8. East will be the second seed in the 4A playoffs and will host Rock Springs in round one. Kelly Wall should be the eighth seed, and they will be on the road at Sheridan in round one of the playoffs. Thunder Basin over in the Trona, 21-14. Thunder Basin is the fifth seed, and the Trona is the third seed. Thunder Basin will be right going right across town to meet Campbell County, and the Trona will be at home to meet Cheyenne Central. Central got the sixth seed with a 35-10 win over Rock Springs, and the Sheridan win over Campbell County. Uh, so Sheridan State is undefeated in 4A play, and in the battle of two winless teams, Laramie over Cheyenne South 19-3. In 2A, Bur- Burns lost big to Bighorn, 62 to 16. So Burns will not make the playoffs. Neither will Glenrock. They didn't win a game this year. They were beaten by Upton Sundance, 28 nothing. In nine man football, Southeast over Pine Bluffs, 30 to 20. So Southeast will meet Riverside in the first round of the playoffs, and Pine Bluffs will take on Big Piney. In one a six man, KC over Farson, 40 to 28. KC makes the playoffs. Will take on Dubois in round one. Casper Christian over Hewlett, 76 56. Casper Christian will not make the postseason, and neither will Mid. West. They lost to encampment 84 to nothing. In the, the state high school cross country meet was held on Saturday at the Cheyenne Country Club for the ladies. Madison Antonino of Jackson, the individual winner, but the Trona won the team championship as Allie Wheeler finished second and Ashley Gross was third. That's uh, the first championship for an Trona cross country runner since 2019. Cheyenne Central was second in the team standings and Laramie was third. On the 4A boys side, Hobby Wetzel from Star Valley repeated as the state champion and Star Valley repeated as the state champion with five runners in the top eight. Dominic Everly of Laramie third. Race Morrell of, of Cheyenne Central was fourth. Central second in the team standings and Laramie third. Okay. Wow. We, once again, you got all of this stuff. Is everybody trying to cram in as much sports as they can before winter? Well, no, it's, it's a continuous cycle oh, that yeah. never ends. Oh. And that's why I love sports. Well, okay, but just because it never ends. This means you're not allowed to die, Frank, because we need you covering all. Well, this. okay, thank you very yeah, much. Okay, Frank's not going to die. Okay, all right, coming up on some local business, we have to take it. I'm going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Many of you know a speaker is coming to the University of Wyoming, which has not been allowed at other universities. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of reception she gets at University of Wyoming, which I think overall ought to be good, with just a few exceptions out there. And this, of course, I'm talking about Riley Gaines, who's on the phone right now with us. Thanks for getting up early in the morning and joining us, Riley. <laughs> well, you know, all those years of swimming, I'm used yeah. to waking up early. So, oh, <laughs> and do you still? So, do you still have that habit? Because I get up, I get here at two fifteen a.m. When oh, I go on, va- 
I'm vacation, I still keep that schedule because I'm afraid I'll get out of sync. Totally. Um, growing up swimming, you know, 18 yeah. years of my life I spent doing the sport. And so it's, I feel like sleeping in until 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Yeah. Look, I've missed half the day at that point. Uh, okay. So I certainly still wake up early. Do you still work out? <laughs> I actually just had to step out of my, my workout class. I already ran this morning. Oh, okay. Um, so, so certainly. Well, you're just making the rest of us feel like a bunch of wimps, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about how, first off, before we bring you to the University of Wyoming, let's remind everybody how all of this got started. You have been wanting to compete in swimming for how long? What age did all of that start? I started swimming when I was four. Okay. Um, so like I said, I graduated when I was 22. So it was 18 years of my life. I, I really spent dedicated to my sport, you know, the practices. Even, I mean, your diet, your sleep schedule, not to mention the sacrifices you have to make to compete and be successful at the highest level. Mm. Okay, so let's take a look at what the goal was. Because even way back then, at a very young age, you must have been looking toward where you wanted to go with all of this. Of course. Um, I come from a family of athletes. Um, my dad, my mom, both SEC athletes. My dad played in the NFL. Uh, so sports is a very big part of my family. And so I knew what I wanted to accomplish. Um, and truthfully, I, I really did accomplish a lot of those things. Um, all the Olympic trial things, um, 12-time All-American, five-time SEC champion, um, actually still the SEC record holder in the 200 butterfly. Uh, and so, but like I said, it's a lifelong journey. You know, you set those goals when you're younger and you continually chip away until you achieve those goals. Okay, so let's talk about what finally happened when you were out there trying to achieve a goal and you turned, probably, I'm going to guess, for the first time in your life and said, that's not fair. What exactly happened? So my senior year, um, I was competing at University of Kentucky and we we're geared up, ready to go for our national championships, which is, I mean, like I said, it's the meet you work all year for, really all your life for, um, the fastest meet in the world even comparatively faster than the Olympics because of how many fast swimmers the U.S. has. And so I'm right on pace to win a national title. All of a sudden, three weeks before our national championships, the NCAA announces that Leah Thomas, who is formerly Will Thomas, who swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania, will be swimming with the women in the women's category, and it was a non-negotiable. And so I look up who this Will Thomas was because I was curious, you know, is this person... Uh, you know, did they go from ranking first among the men to now continuing to rank first among the women? Which is, of course, not what we saw. We saw this was a mediocre male athlete at best, ranking 462nd in the nation the year prior when competing against the men to then dominating and winning a national title on the women's side. Um, but really, what thrusted me over the edge into taking a stand against allowing males to compete in women's sports was after Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle, and we had tied, uh, meaning we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. Um, but the NCAA denied me my trophy, and when I asked why, they said they had to give it to Leah because Leah had to hold it when pictures were being taken, which is, to me, that's everything that Title IX was passed to prevent from happening. Yet here we were in 2023, 51 years since Title IX was implemented in 1972, um, and we were clearly and blatantly being discriminated on the basis of our sex. Mm. When you start to speak out against this, who do you go to at the time? I, I would assume those people who organize the sport, but would it also be the university system? 
Absolutely. Um, I went to anyone and everyone who would listen to me, including the NCAA, um, President Mark Emmert, who responded back and said, look, we're following the science. You know, science has evolved, is what he told me. Um, he unequivocally stands in his decision to allow Thomas to swim with the women. At least that's what he said publicly. Privately, it was a totally different conversation where he tells me to keep fighting. Um, I went to the specific universities. I went to USA Swimming, the governing body, Athena. Um, every outlet that I could get to, to listen, I was going to them. Left-leaning, right-leaning, everything in between. Um, but what I was finding was very similar to the conversation I had with President Mark Emmert. It was a lot of on the face. It was um, people telling me I should apologize. I needed to learn how to be inclusive and kind and compassionate. But behind closed doors, those same people were telling me, no, keep pushing. We know this is wrong. Wow. You know, you would probably have won this, I mean, right out, if those same people who were telling you something different in private were fighting alongside you in public. Absolutely. Um, no doubt. Okay. Because this issue, it really does extend beyond party lines, right? right? I think the way it's portrayed in the media and the way we see politicians voting at both the state and federal level, you would think this is something that's that's pretty polarizing and divisive, but it really is a unifying issue because majority of people, whether that be Americans or really, I mean, across the globe, majority of common sense people know that allowing men into women's sports has gone too far and is denying reality, fairness, truth, and common sense. So you then, I've seen you speak, of course, in, in front of Congress, various other places, but at some point you've got to graduate and get out into the regular world like an adult how do you think this has changed what you had planned to do compared to what you're doing now <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> it's changed the trajectory of my life um i mean at 180 i was set to go to dental school after college um i had scored in the top percentile of the dat which is the dental admissions test i put my deposit down accepted my seat and i was ready to specialize actually in endodontics which is root canals um and so I kind of justify God's calling because I certainly, I certainly feel he has his hand on it. Um, and he provides me with, you know, the strength and the wisdom and the direction and really a hedge of protection. But I justify his calling by saying I'm still working on getting to the root of the problem coming out of people's mouths. <laughs> so it's still basically a root canal. Um, yeah. But of course, it's a totally different skill set that by no means I felt prepared for when I initially took that leap of faith. Okay. So now I know some universities out there don't want you to, and have not allowed you to speak. Is that correct? Uh, that's very correct. Okay. Um, just two weeks ago at Penn State, um, they canceled my speech. Um, they came up with every excuse under the sun. Um, there was multiple people arrested for trying to protest me. Professors were canceling classes because I was on campus. Mm. Um, I'm going to Harvard this week, which has been um, a hassle. Yeah. They've canceled back and forth back and forth but now suddenly they're super pro free speech because right. of what's going on in the middle east and how different student groups and campus groups are coming out in support of palestine suddenly okay they love the freedom of speech suddenly they do well i'm running out of time because we're coming up on news but i want to make sure people get to the event you're going to be where when at the university of wyoming i'm going to be at the university of wyoming at 7 p.m on the 24th so tomorrow um, I'm not entirely sure what room, but I know there's some flyers posted. And so I couldn't be more excited, especially given everything that's going on with the sororities there at Kappa Kappa Gamma. 
Um, so lots of really, really cool things, and those girls will be in attendance, and, and I can't wait. All right, Riley, keep fighting. Good to have you on this Absolutely. morning. Absolutely. Pleasure to speak Thank with you. Thank you very much. Sure, it's Wake Up Wyoming. And if you would like to attend that, just go ahead and Google Riley Gaines University of Wyoming, and all the latest information will come up. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Once a time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Back to open phones, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in a dance hall. Young people around you working up a sweat. Greta Thunberg on the big screen TVs above your head. Her angry face looking down at everybody. Saying, how dare you as everybody danced to the end of the world music that's playing around them. How dare you. So there's a story I came across this morning. See, there are people who are suffering from climate anxiety. I think for a couple of reasons. One, I honestly think a lot of these people would be suffering from anxiety anyway of some kind they're already the kind of person who's easily influenced and can you know have all sorts of problems but then here comes the cult of climate change which gives them something to attach that anxiety to that's honestly how i think it happens i might be wrong but from my point of view that's how it happens headline are therapists suffering climbing anxiety helping their parents or patients i'm sorry so how anxiety about the planet's future is transforming the practice of psychology andrew bryan it says can still remember when he thought of climate change as a primarily a problem of the future uh, when we heard or read about troubling impacts we found himself saying well that's 2080 he's not gonna be around then you know now climate change apparently it's a climate crisis that's happening now he says it's scary it's sad but so far well it was supposed to be the future that was unsafe not now 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 what does he do so this is where this guy is a psychiatrist psychotherapist however you want to see it and goes to help people with their anxieties. But he himself is suffering from an anxiety. And now he's got to sit down with people and try to make them feel better about themselves. What does he do when he's freaking out about what they're telling him is a current climate crisis because it's happening now? So he says, climate anxiety being felt by patients and their therapists is very real. To them, it's very real. The patients suffering climate anxiety obviously have trouble relating to therapists who don't believe in the climate crisis. Now, what do you do then? Okay, so you're a member of the cult of climate change. You think the end is nigh, as in Bill Nye. The end is nigh. It's happening any time now. We're in the middle of the end times. So because of anxiety, 
This is where it becomes a real problem. You go to see a psychiatrist, but the psychiatrist that you see tells you, look, you're freaking out over something that's not happening. You've been lied to by a cult, a doomsday cult. He doesn't believe in human-caused climate change. Can you then see him? How can you relate to this guy when he's trying to tell you the whole thing is a hoax? So you're going to have to see the psychiatrist who believes in human cause, catastrophic climate change. But the problem is that guy is suffering from the same anxieties you're suffering from. There's the problem. What do these people do with themselves? Story says, but on the other hand, wouldn't a patient who believed they were being, well, stalked by the tooth fairy, have just as much trouble relating to a therapist who didn't believe in a tooth fairy? What if their immediate peers and friends were also on the lookout for a terrifying tooth fairy? That's a lot of affirmation for, well, people who are utterly delusional. So I put it, now I think you understand where I'm going with this, but put it to you another way. So let's say we come, you and I come across somebody who is delusional. And we convince this person that they need to get psychological counseling. So you and I have done a great thing. We've convinced a delusional person to go get counseling for their delusions. The only problem is this delusional person only wants to receive counseling from a person who believes in their delusion. Yeah, this is a big problem. I'd actually never thought about this. Oh, it blue eyes and Douglas just kills me how these psychotherapists are psychotherapists. Whatever they are, I think they can uh, they can help everybody. They can't even help them. Oh, they can't help anybody. They can't even help themselves. It's just amazing. Yeah, but you see, blue eyes, the problem here, the real problem. Let me go back to the delusional person thing because I think that really fits. You and I find a delusional person and we're able to convince them to go get help for their delusions. But this delusional person only wants to see a psychotherapist who believes in their delusions like they do. Well, if this person believes in the same delusions they believe in, then how can this psychotherapist be of any help? It's not going to work out, is it? What do you do if you're someone who believes that the world will be ending soon because of human-caused climate change? And you only want to see a psychotherapist who agrees with you. That it doesn't solve the problem. You're stuck. Now, on that note, let me go down to... I haven't looked at this in just a little while. Okay, so... It was 124 days ago that Greta Thunberg had predicted the beginning of the end of the world. Remember, she had said, quoting a scientist, we have five years to stop using coal, gas, and oil, or we reach a tipping point and it's over. Okay, well, we crossed that tipping point 124 days ago. Another one, a crash course toward massive species extinction of wildlife was supposed to happen 
It was supposed to happen within 20 years of the prediction. And that was supposed that was supposed to have happened 188 days ago. So 188 days ago, we were supposed to have a massive extinction of also of most species on planet Earth. Let's see. U.S. scientists see the coming of a new ice age within the next 50 or 60 years, and we crossed that tipping point two years ago. 18 months to take climate action, said Prince Charles. That also happened two years ago. Let's see. Climate catastrophe will hit tropics around 2020, said the Huffington Post. That was a little over two years ago. Hmm. I might read some more of these coming out of the news break. Because I, yeah, I think it's important from time to time we catch up on these. Coming up on local news, update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. local all across wyoming wake up wyoming with glenn woods on k2 radio join in at 888-97 woods or the wake up wyoming mobile app i'm so happy to be here yeah i'm just happy to be here still i know the world's on fire the situation's dire a lot of work and courage gonna be required but I'm just happy to be here. 936 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Let me see. I'm going through, I, and I just kind of rolled into this after the last segment. It's been a while since I've really gone through the list of things that are supposed to have reached a tipping point by now. Here was a prediction. Hoover Dam, which is Lake Mead, will be a dry hole by 2021. From the MSNBC documentary, Future Earth. As water levels drop, Hoover Dam, or Lake Mead, will no longer provide drinking water to Las Vegas, Tucson, San Diego. And it stops generating electricity to Los Angeles. And if nothing is done, the reservoir will be a dry hole by 2021. MSNBC predicted that. That was two years, 296 days ago. And I decided to go ahead and take a look at it right now. Um, let's see. How full is... Okay. I'll give you the, the gist of it here. Right now, the Hoover Dam or Lake Mead is almost... It's about 80% full, according to what I'm reading here. Well, that's because we had such a stupendous winter last winter. But if you think, well, only 80% full? Part of the reason, though, it's only 80 full... Is because they use it. It if they hadn't used any of it, it would be overflowing. But they use it. There's major cities down the line, and they make electricity out of that. So they're always using it, or it would have been completely full a long time ago. Thank you, MSNBC, for getting that one wrong. All right, the IPCC. This is the cult of climate change, a la United Nations. Scientists say Earth's warming could set off wide disruptions. From the New York Times, quote, all the most likely rate of rise, sea level rise, some experts say, most of the beaches of the east coast of the United States will be gone. Gone, I tell you. By September of 2020. That was supposed to have happened three years ago. 
Remember now, I'm a Florida boy. I grew up on an island. I did at one point have somebody very seriously ask me, so how are those islands doing you grew up on? He was fully convinced that climate change was sinking my islands. They're fine. They're not, there's nowhere near underwater. Let's see. Uh, prediction. Three years left to stop dangerous climate change from the Guardian. But while people have risen, uh, global carbon dioxide emissions have stayed broadly flat for years. Gives hope, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, three years to stop dangerous climate change. Well, that was three years ago. Three years, 117 years, uh, 17 days ago. End of Australian snow by 2020. Australia still gets snow. That was also three years ago. Let's see. Four years to save the earth by 2020. That's the deadline. Daily Mail UK. A world that heats up beyond the threshold. A crescendo of devastating impacts. Ranging from deadly heat waves to mass migration caused by climate change, etc., etc. Four years to save the planet, said the UK Daily Mail. And that was three years, 297 days ago. Alpine glaciers gone by 2020, according to uh, Glacier National Park, Montana sign. Three years, 297 days ago. Those signs mysteriously disappeared, by the way, and there's still glaciers there. They're not as big as they were before, true, but boy, there's still loads of glacier there. Lots. Some years there's more glaciers than other years. Possible health impacts in Australia by climate change by 2020, which hasn't happened. Three years, 297 days ago. Also, let's see, Black, okay, uh, Snowden Beacon, uh, Black Mountains and Cambria Mountains will be snow-free by 2020. According to the UK Independent, within 13 years, because of climate change, those mountain ranges will be completely free of snow. Well, they're not at all, not even close. That one is three years, 297 days overdue. See, President warned climate change will destroy us from the Guardian Climate change over the next 20 years could result in catastrophic, costing millions of lives, disasters, etc., etc. Let me see that. uh, Oh, and and Britain could be plunged into Siberian climate by 2020. Mega droughts, famine. Three years, 297 days ago. And this just goes on and on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I I can't go without my one of my favorite of all time. The Maldive Islands, the Maldive Islands, were supposed to be underwater. Yeah, from the Cambrian, uh, Caribbean times. Uh, gradual average sea level rising covering the Indian Ocean. So it was predicted within 30 years the Maldive Islands would be underwater. They're nowhere near underwater. That was supposed to have happened four years, 297 days ago. We're still waiting on that to happen, by the way. Let's wake up, Wyoming. One man has emerged to save Wyoming from boring morning radio. That man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 
9.48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, uh, Frank, there is this stop sign in Wyoming. And people will lay bets on when it's going to be buried in snow. Oh, I thought it'd be bets how many bullet holes it has in it. Well, now that's a good way to bet on that. So we can put up a brand new stop sign, how many bullet holes by what date? 48 hours. Mm, yeah, okay. Ma- well, and maybe less. It'll get at least a bullet hole within 48 hours. But oh, now, yeah. what we want to add up is how many bullet holes. So, like, pick a date. Like, in two months, it'll have this many holes. You know, something like that, right? I, I think it'd be this. One mm. for S, yeah. one for T, one for yeah. O, and well, one there you for go. B. Okay, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, there you go. Okay, so, from Cowboy State Daily, today is the deadline to enter the Wind River Outdoor Company's annual stop sign challenge. With wait, a, wait, actually, will people stop at a stop sign? No, 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 that never happens. Guess when a remote stop sign near the Wind River Lake at uh, Togate Pass will be completely buried in snow for the winter? Oh, well, those, you know, uh, up there, the yeah. reflector poles are about eight <clears throat> feet high. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Easily eight yeah. feet high. And the stop signs are not that high. Now, this is an online thing, and literally, people will get online. Usually, it can be 500 or more people that will get online and start laying beds. And it's not they're not just here in Wyoming. I mean, Nebraska, Texas, all sorts of other states will get involved in this as well. And then they go on a live cam, which has a picture of the street corner with the stop sign. And they just keep an eye on the sign to place your bets. When do you think the sign is going to be? I wonder what they win. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, maybe they win a a stoplight. One guy said, I looked at the webcam three or four times a day to see how much (laughs) snow. Well, you could be doing that all year long. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Premise of the Wind uh, River Outdoor Company sign challenge. Simple but uh, entertaining, they say. Yeah, I don't care. What do they win? Uh, Traditional snowfall, fine. Uh, People, the first three people to guess the correct date win an e-card purchase uh, merchandise at the Wind River Outdoor Company. Oh, okay. So there's a hoodie, sweatshirt, oh, that, ball cap, good. stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you sure, know, kind excellent. of swag, yeah. stuff like that. T-shirts, yeah. so on. I think that's probably a cool thing. I might have to go and sign up on this. But what I would do, Frank, is get a little more scientific. Based on weather trends, right? Yeah. So last winter was really good. I mean, it probably filled up really bad. According to Don Day, we're still going to get a good winter, but not as much as last year, but still very good. Based I, on his estimates. That way, if I lose, I can blame Don Day. Here, here's my estimate. Yeah. Saturday. Okay. This Saturday. Oh, this Saturday. You're, you're not just saying a basic Saturday. <laughs> no, no, you no, think it's going to be this Saturday. Saturday. This Saturday. National Football League will wonders ever cease. The Denver Broncos actually won a game. They beat the Green Bay Packers 19-17. to The Broncos are 2-5. and The Packers... Two and four. And their quarterback, Jordan Love, uh, just had an awful interception in the last two minutes, throwing deep when he should have thrown underneath for big yards. P.J. Locke picked that off for the Broncos with two minutes to go, and he was in the game because safety Kareem Jackson was ejected for a late hit, and that's the second time he's been kicked out of a game this year. Russell Wilson, the Broncos quarterback, 20-29, 195 yards and a TD, so he was in there. And the Broncos will host the Kansas City Chiefs, a team they just have not beaten forever, it seems, and that'll be on Sunday over in Denver. Now, for high school football from over the weekend for in 4A, Cheyenne East beat Kelly Walsh 69-8. So East is the second seed in the 4A playoffs, and they will host Rock Springs. 
in the first round of the playoffs. Kelly Walsh is the eighth seed. They will travel to number one Sheridan for the quarterfinal round. Thunder Basin beat Natrona on Friday in Gillette 21-14. Thunder Basin is the five seed and will be at Campbell County, just right down the road there. And then in the first round of the playoffs, Natrona is the three seed. They're going to host Cheyenne Central on Friday. Central defeated Rock Springs 35-10 to to get the number six seed. Laramie over Cheyenne South in a battle of two winless teams, 19-3. to In 2A, Burns not making the playoffs. They lost to Bighorn 62-16. Glenrock not making the playoffs. They lost to Upton Sundance 28-0. In 1A, nine man, Southeast over Pine Bluffs 30-20. to So Southeast will play Riverside in the first round of the nine man playoffs. And then Pine Bluffs, the defending state champions, will play Big Piney in round number one. In six man football, Casey over Farson 40-28. to So the Bucks will take on Dubois in round number one of the playoffs. A Casper Christian over Hewlett 76-56. Casper Christian will not make the playoffs. And Cabin over Midwest 84 to nothing. Midwest will not make the playoffs. In Cry High School Cross Country, the state championships were held at the Cheyenne Country Club back on Saturday afternoon. Howie Wetzel from Star Valley finished first for the second straight year. Matter of fact, Star Valley had five runners in the top eight, so they won the team title as well. Dominic Eberly of Laramie was third and Race Morell of Central fourth. Central as a team took second. Laramie as a team took third. On the girls' side, Madison and Antonino of Jackson, the individual winner, with Allie Wheeler of Natrona second and Ashley Gross of Natrona third. Natrona won the team championship with 50 points. Cheyenne Central was second with 55, and Laramie finished third. In Major League Baseball, Texas beat Houston 9-2 in the American League Championship Series last night. The Game 7 tonight. How about that? And the road team has won all, all six games so far. And this afternoon, Arizona will take on Philadelphia, and Philadelphia leads the National League Championship Series three games to two. So the well, yeah, the Broncos played who? They're gonna they they played who did they play? The Green Bay Packers. Okay, so here's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so the, okay, so what's happening <laughs> is the, the Packers Broncos, couldn't beat the Broncos. The, the Broncos woke up thinking, what the hell happened? Yeah, and the Packers woke up thinking, what the, what hell, the hell happened? happened? Yeah. yeah, and they both from a completely different perspective had to figure out. One team is trying to figure out what went right. The other team is trying to figure out what went wrong. Yeah. And then the Broncos are saying, you know, let's just, yeah, uh, just try to move on. Try to, uh, yeah. Okay. And the Packers are saying, let's just try to move just, on. Just forget here. about it and yeah. move on. Here. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we got to take care of. Hang on, roll into news time after that. National, local. Update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.